Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Welcome to another great episode of The Audience Converter. In today's episode, I had a wonderful guest in a great conversation around the small steps that can make a huge and big difference in your business. Many times we can think about and contemplate and plan out our big vision, our big goals, but then what is that small step-by-step approach to make it happen? Oftentimes, it's, it's wonderful to, to dream about the big picture items, but getting the, the nitty-gritty, the step-by-step, the, the figuring out part of it in place can be a stopping point for most of us. And sometimes strategy just isn't enough. So in today's episode, I had Tony Guarnaccia. He talked all about small steps to business success and his approach to using marketing and the little steps that you can take to make sure that your business grows the way you want it to do. We also talked a little bit about how Russia dolls can help your business and what the Girl Scout application is. So if you're looking to figure out what those really small steps you can take to take control of your business so that you can create the success that you're looking for, this is definitely an episode you want to tune into. So tune on in. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. Today, we're talking about the little itty-bitty steps, those small steps you can take to keep your business growing and scaling. As an entrepreneur, it's easy to look at the big picture and then get a little overwhelmed about all that has to happen in order for that to become your goal and achievement. So to help me discuss this topic today, I have a wonderful guest, Tony Guarnaccia. As an entrepreneur, business owner, and enterprise marketer, Tony has worked with literally the best businesses in every industry, including Google, Microsoft, ADP, Ford, Mohegan Sun, and Morgan Stanley, to name a few. He's helped grow over 10,000 in small businesses and a dozen Fortune 500 companies. After working with the best businesses across hundreds of industries, he learned how they grow consistently and predictably using adversity to pivot towards opportunity in order to survive and thrive in all manner of economic conditions. So he talks about how to use those small steps in order to leverage the resources to make your growth happen. I'm so excited to have Tony on the show. Tony, welcome. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk about like those little steps on what it really takes to grow and scale as an entrepreneur. It's really easy for us to kind of look at those big pictures, to look at all of the really uh, you know successful people out in the world and say, oh yeah, they've grown to like 10,000 followers or they've got an email list of you know 100,000 people or they're making so much X number of dollars in sales every year. But we forget that it's really those little steps 
step-by-step that actually have to take place in order for people to grow that big. So I'm so excited to talk to you today, and we're just going to dive on in. Tell me a little bit about your journey and how you came to be talking about this step-by-step process for marketing and growing your business. Sure. So I grew up in small business. My parents had an Italian bakery, and they were wonderful bakers, but unfortunately, not as savvy in the business area. And so when I was 12, we found ourselves homeless because we went out of business and lost basically everything. Uh, and so I had to live with my sister, and, and it was a rough time. As I grew older, uh, I went to college, and I kind of wanted to redeem the past. So I went to university to learn entrepreneurship. And so I went back with my parents and launched another bakery, but this time it was an online bakery. And we came up with the technology to mail a cake anywhere in the country and combine that with photos. So we could put a photo on the cake, mail it, and it was a great business because we could do a, a corporate gift, maybe put a logo on it, which is where I work with a lot of big companies, and also a photo on it for like uh, a birthday cake. So we actually ended up mailing cakes to Jennifer Lopez, to Jay-Z, a bunch of Fortune 500 companies. And it was it was an amazing run. Unfortunately, I didn't know what I didn't know about growing a business. And that business also failed. And when I was newly married with a baby on the way, I found myself out of work yet again and homeless. You know, uh, not even out of work, but out of business. And so that drove me to figuring out what was the problem. Like, why was I not having success? And that led me to working with some of the best companies in the world because I said to myself, I surely don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and then I didn't learn what I needed to from college. So I said, how do I get that? And my answer was to work with the, the top company. So I worked with a, uh, an agency and worked my way up. And at the end of it, ended up working with Google, with Ford Motor Company, ADP, a bunch of very, very successful companies, and then thousands of small businesses. From there, I decided, you know, I want to share what I learned. And that's why I left roughly seven years ago, eight years ago at this point, to launch my own marketing agency and consultancy to help other businesses with those same strategies, tools, and tactics that the best companies use. Wow, quite the whirlwind journey there to becoming an entrepreneur. And I, I love that, you know, it it didn't work. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna make it work. And it did work for a while. And then, you know, just realizing that you you don't know what you don't know, which is one of those things that a lot of us are kind of aware of, but we kind of don't want to acknowledge. We're like, well, I can figure it out, right? I can figure it out. And honestly, most of the time it's just so much better to find somebody who can teach that to you instead of you trying to figure it out yourself. It saves you a lot of pain and heartache. So tell me a little bit about you know how you got into helping all these small businesses. So you, you launched this marketing agency a couple of years ago, and now you kind of focus on teaching them those lessons. So what is one of the what is one of the first things that you find you have to talk to people about? Well, one of the first things I focus on is really what to do. And the reason why is because most small businesses neglect that part. The best companies don't. And that was one of the areas I fall short. And all the companies, the small ones I work with, I would say 90% of the time they have that same challenge. So what to do is really having a strategy. And I found that the best companies really have three things that drives their success. Number one, they know what to do. So they have a, a specific strategy they're going to follow, almost like a football game or, or a basketball game. You go in with a specific strategy, whether it's you know to, to beat them with running or beat them with shooting or whatever the case may be. Then the second area 
is they are able to plan and execute that strategy. So a strategy is great, but if you can't document it and have a plan of what you're going to do and then execute it, it's going to fall short. And then the third area where small businesses lack is in resources. So not just having resources, that's usually not the problem. It's leveraging what you have. So I talk about leveraging resources. When those three things work in tandem, knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, and leveraging your resources, then you create what I call results flywheel, which builds momentum and gives you success. And you get that by taking small steps incrementally. It's not something that happens overnight. You have to work at it continually, and that consistency is what brings the results over time. I love that you're talking about consistency and results over time because that's kind of the key to any great marketing strategy, quite honestly, is if you want to have a great success with your marketing, it has to be something you're doing consistently because you know a lot of people focus on, oh, right, I want to go viral or I want to have that one really great big campaign that worked amazingly. But the problem is, of course, if that's all you do, if that's all you focus on, then you've got all of the rest of the year that you still need to work and that you still need to make happen. So I love that you're talking about um, how consistency is such a key part of not only growing your business, but kind of every part of the business. And you know, having a strategy is not enough. And that is so incredibly true. But a lot of people kind of forget to have the strategy in the first place. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you, you talk about consistency in those small steps. What is one of those uh, first steps that people can take like right now that would put them on that path to getting more consistent in their business? Yeah. So what I do is I, I, let me start with strategy. I think strategy breaks down into six factors. And the very first factor is defining your market. So the best thing you can do is look at specifically who you want to serve and give them a product or service specific to them. And that's really the starting place of all your marketing because you have to first know who you're going to to target. And that seems obvious to some of us that have done marketing for a while, but a lot of the smaller businesses I, I talk with, when you ask them who their market is, they'll either say everybody or they'll give a very broad answer. So I think if you look at the factors, I call them results factors. The first one is that market followed by your products and services, then your value proposition. Those three things are kind of internal to your company and define how you're going to go and market in the first place. Definitely. That's one of the key parts to my whole audience conversion method is you really have to define that audience first. Because if you want to shout out to everybody in the world, no one's going to hear you because it's not structured enough. It's not specific enough to actually kind of cut through the noise. So if somebody is looking, then you know you want to help them kind of really figure out that ideal customer, if you will, right? Because if you're trying to please everybody, you're going to please nobody. Uh, what is some of the questions they could ask? Or you know, what is your approach to really narrowing down on that target client? Yeah, that's a great question. So it, it depends if you're a startup or you have an existing company. If you have an existing company, one of the first things I like to look at is data. So looking at who have you served so far and which of those niches were the most successful. And I define success and, you know, profitability, which ones were driving the most revenue, which ones were making the most profit, uh, which one were selling the most volume of, of products or services. So that's a good place to start. Now, if you're a startup, this is a new business, you've never approached it before. The best thing you can do in that case is you can look at other models. So other similar companies, either in your market or outside of your market, competitors, and there's a variety of tools and and tactics that you can use to get that. 
everything from competitive intelligence tools to just simply looking at their websites and reviewing the content they have. That gives a lot of clues as to who they're attracting and why. Definitely a great way to go. You know, it's all about data. It's all about the facts. But then, of course, you want to to bring that in as well to, you know, who is it that you want to serve, right? So I love that you, you you gave some ideas about how to get that information. If you're just starting out, you know, how do you define who those target people are? You know, so once they've done that first step, you know, what else can people do to kind of figure out what the next small steps are that they need to be taking? Well, the next step I like to focus on is the products and services that you have. So now that you know who your market is, you want to know specifically which products or services you're going to provide them. And that may sound like a silly answer as well, but when you look at your products, there can be many different products that you have as well as services. And what I find, especially with service-based companies, they normally don't define their product. So they'll work with anybody and do anything for that person where the most successful companies do what's called productization. So they'll take a service and they'll turn it into a product by defining the specific steps they take to serve the client that, that, that's within that product, how they're going to do it, the process, all that is defined. Because once that's defined, you have a much better idea of how much it's costing you to fulfill it. And that ensures you're actually doing it profitably. A lot of people just serve with whatever they have and they actually are losing money and don't even realize it. So that's the next step is to now that you know your, your products and services, defining it and, and making a process for them and making sure that you're fulfilling at a profit. That's the ne- And then once you have that, you can prioritize which of those are you going to go and market with. So I would start with the products and services that have the most profit relative to the markets that are the most profitable. Absolutely. You know, when I first got started as a copywriter in the marketing space, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I can do all of it because I'm trained in direct response. So anything that does direct response, which is everything online, uh, if you're talking about conversion, you know, I, I could do it all. So every time I spoke with somebody, I had to figure out exactly what I was going to need, all the different deliverables or all the different things that I was going to do for people, how long it was going to take. And so every single thing I did was such a, a custom piece of a proposal that it took me hours to write them. And even when closing at like my high of 50 to 60%, that's still hours of time that you're not getting paid for if somebody doesn't end up showing up and and choosing to work with you. So I can definitely see where service-based businesses getting those productized services. It's one of the first things I learned um, after being a business for like six months. I was like, I can't keep doing this. There's got to be a better way. And I I, I kind of stumbled upon productized services and, and defining, you know, what is it that you're actually going to deliver? Yes, it's so, so important. And I find all the time that businesses don't do that. And then on the flip side, if you have a product-based business, one of the best things you can do is incorporate service into that product and services. So that's it's kind of interesting because they kind of cross-pollinate against each other. But if you have a product-based business, one of the best ways to add value is adding services to that product. Absolutely. I mean, people uh, nowadays, you know, they're they're savvy to online marketing and they know how it works and people are willing to pay for better service. So it's all about not only, you know, what is the product you're delivering, but what is that experience that you're delivering with it, which is why customer service is such a key part to, to growing any kind of business. Yes, for sure. 
So after people kind of figure out exactly who they're going to serve and what those products and services are going to look like, and then they need to put their processes in place, you know, that all kind of sounds like really big picture stuff to me. It's all, it seems really big and complex. So take one of those and tell me, you know, what is that very first step? Like what is that defined first action? And then maybe the defined second action somebody could, could take to, to kind of put those things in place. Yeah, it is definitely a bigger picture. Uh, the way I like to think about it is it drills down into different, almost like the Russian Easter egg dolls. Uh, they kind of fit within each other. So I like to start at the macro level and then dig into it, but it doesn't have to be complicated. So for instance, what I did was I took a Girl Scout troop through this exact process and they ended up dramatically increasing their cookie sales. And so where we started, uh, just to give you a, a, a more specific example, was with markets. So I asked the girls, uh, I said, what markets do you have? And so what they came up with was we have uh, our parents, we have our neighbors, we have the uh, grocery store standing outside the grocery store, we have our, our gyms and places like that. And literally within a few minutes, like I just did, they had defined their, um, their markets. Then I said, okay, great. Now let's look at your offerings. So what are your offerings? And what they did and what, uh, you know, kind of a, a premise of sales is to sell what's already has success. So what we did was we stack ranked the most popular cookies, which of course were Thin Mints and Samoans and a few others. And so I, I instructed them when you um, offer the cookies, start with what's most popular because that is going to lead you to more yeses. It's going to help your conversion rate, which is kind of a fancy word uh, maybe, but the Girl Scouts got it immediately. So even, it do, even though it does seem broad, the, the key is to take it and make it very specific and not spend too much time on it. You, you can always drill in later, but the first pass of this is you want to kind of look at each of those markets and the offerings, which then leads into the third step, which is what is your value proposition? Why would someone buy from you? as opposed to any anyone else or doing nothing at all. I love the Girl Scout application. That is fantastic. Um, you know, I've seen, uh, I, I remember getting Girl Scout cookies as a kid. I was not a Girl Scout, but, you know, I was always looking forward to the time when it was Girl Scout cookie time. You know, I'd put in the request for my mom because, you know, there were tons of people in the office that she worked with um, that sold Girl Scout cookies. And it's true that it's really great kind of, boiled down version of it. It's like, you know, really just narrow in where are you going to find people? So with the Girl Scouts, that's in-person sales. So they, they, it's kind of a more narrow area, but especially for a lot of businesses that are moving online nowadays, it's like, well, where are your people already hanging out? Where are they already asking about how to get help with what you do, whether it's a product or a service? And kind of, you know, taking five minutes and being like, well, if I want to connect with someone, where would that be? And just asking yourself that question is a really great way to kind of define those early steps. Absolutely. I mean, some people are going to find more success with finding their market on Facebook or in groups. Some people would be on LinkedIn. It really depends on the niche. You know, business to business is very different from business consumer. Uh, but the process nonetheless is the same in defining those markets. And that goes back to what I was saying before. Competitive intelligence is very, very helpful for using that. You can literally put, you know, use a, a tool like SEMrush, put some keywords in there and see, you know, what search terms people are using. You can use it to look at what kind of Facebook ads people are using. You can look, there's various tools that do that. So really, if, if you are starting from scratch, there's no better way that I can think of than looking at your competitors. Definitely. And then, of course, the way you stand out from your competitors is with your unique 
value proposition that you were talking about. So how can people figure out what their value proposition is? Like that's one of those things a lot of us realize. We're like, I've got to have something that makes me stand out from the crowd. But then we're kind of like, yeah, but I'm selling the same thing everyone else is. How do I do that? So what would you say uh, to somebody who's wanting to create that value proposition but isn't sure about where to start? How can they kind of start defining that for themselves? Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic question. So where I start is with defining what the value is in the first place. So value is really the transformation that someone receives as a result of working with you. So, you know, I, I, what I call it is a results bridge. So you take someone from one side of the bridge to the other. And the distance, the, the wider that distance, the longer the bridge, the bigger the value that you're providing. So that's the first thing to understand is what exactly is someone getting? And there's different levels of value. So the first level might, it's always an exchange though. So the first level is typically you're exchanging attention for some kind of content. Just like here, I'm exchanging my knowledge for someone hopefully listening to this. So I'm, I'm getting a certain level of attention and exchange you're, you're learning, hopefully you're learning a, a little bit. Uh, the next stage is usually more valuable content. So you, you're usually exchanging something of higher value, maybe like a guide or a checklist, and that is being done in exchange for contact information typically. And then the final stage is where you're exchanging the result that you're, you're delivering that you promise in exchange typically for money. And those are the really the kind of big exchanges that come into mind. So that's value in a nutshell. Now, value proposition is how you're differentiating yourself to deliver that value. And what I found is there's really seven factors that drive that. Anything from who you are, the type of niches you serve, your deliverability, there's a bunch of different factors. And when you look at those, you can, and, and if you combine them in certain ways, you're almost guaranteed to find something unique. And that unique is what makes you special. And it's, but there's really two criteria for that value proposition. Criteria number one is people have to actually care about it. So it has to be appealing not to you, but to your target buyer. And number two, it has to be unique to you. So it has to be appealing and it has to be unique. So that's value propositions in, in a nutshell. That's a really great definition of what value is. Because so many of us were like, yeah, I know I need to provide value, but what does value actually mean? So I love that you gave such a great definition of what value is and, and how to then kind of use that as your definition base and then add on to, you know, what is your unique part in delivering that value? So we are nearing the end of time. Uh, and, you know, we've covered so many great things so far, you know, about uh, the journey to becoming this person who really understands how many small steps it takes to grow a successful business, the approach to defining your audience and making sure that you've got a clear idea of who you're serving first. And then that one thing that a lot of service-based businesses kind of forget about, which is creating the products out of the services that you're delivering or vice versa, which is a really great uh, starting point. And I know there's like uh, seven or eight steps on your roadmap, I'm pretty sure. So definitely, you know, if people are, after they listen to this episode and they understand the importance of taking those small steps, what would you say is like the one big action item people need to take after listening? Well, uh, there's a few things. And, and I talk about this in my book, Small Steps to Grow Profits. And, and the, really what so much of this comes down is defining your offers. So once you have all these, these areas defined, what you really want to focus on is how you're going to deliver that. So how do you combine your buyer 
with your, your or your market with the products and services you provide with compelling offers that add value. That's kind of the formula. And so the next step after you do all that is to combine that offer. And what my offer is, is to, is, is to essentially uh, give you a snapshot of what's in the book. And so on, uh, if you go to small steps manifesto, I took the best elements out of the book and put it in a downloadable manifesto that's totally free of charge. So, uh, because I truly want people to have this information, so it's not behind a form or anything. It's literally just available on my website on a link. So that would be the next step I suggest if someone wants to learn more. If you want to go at it on your own, then I would really start thinking about your offers. That's the, probably the next thing to look at. Offers are definitely an important part of running any kind of business so that you can make sure you're providing the best value for your customers. So definitely head over there to the uh, Small Steps Manifesto. Make sure to grab your copy of that. Get all the best information about how you can take those small steps to grow your business. Um, And don't worry, if you didn't catch the URL, it will, of course, be in the show notes. So Tony, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with our audience. And uh, if people want to learn more about you in particular and what you do, what can they do to get in touch with you? Thank you so much for asking. So you can go to the uh, my website, meettonyg.com. You can learn all about me and what I do. And also I have links to the, the books I have, the you know, all the things I offer. So you can that's probably the best place to learn is meettonyg.com. Definitely go check out that meettonyg.com and don't forget to grab your copy of the manifesto. Tony, thanks so much for, for coming on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I had a great time today. Fantastic. So remember, keep calm and carry on. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.